Coming up on the Rami Love V podcast, more Jet Fan Misery. If you didn't get enough on the In-Flight Snack podcast, you'll have more here. You'll have more on the In-Flight Snack podcast on Thursday, but Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you heard, he's out for the air, so I'm depressed. Anyway, we also preview Thursday Night Football. We talked about some of the overreactions from week uh, one in the NFL. What of these reactions are going to stick? One of them are just overreactions, and that's simply what they are. Why can't we have nice things as Jets fans? I don't know, but what are the other options for the Jets? Is the season over? Do they still have other options at quarterback? Can they make a change? Can they bring in Tom Brady? All that and a whole lot more coming up next on the Rami Lofi Podcast. Stay tuned. One of the things I talk about on this podcast a lot is the stigma against mental health. I think, unfortunately, there has been a stigma, but we're slowly breaking it. And if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, or maybe you just want to talk to someone, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help access your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in another 48 hours. Plus, you can exchange unlimited text messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. So I talk about on this podcast how your mindset towards things changes everything. One of the things that I learned in therapy was that join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Rami. That's my first name. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash R-A-M-I, my first name, Rami. If you use that link, the link is in the description in the podcast notes. If you use that link, you'll get 10% off and it'll also help me out. So please do that. I'm telling you it's worth it. Do it today. Before I do anything else, let's just start with this. Hard Knocks. Fuck you. Like, fuck you, Hard Knocks. I wasn't in agreement with this about a week ago. I loved it. I loved all the hype. I loved the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I'm done. Anyway, welcome back to the Rami Lavi podcast uh, episode. I think it's 164. We're not in a good mood today. Uh... The first 24 hours, I was kind of numb. Didn't feel anything. We'll get into that for a second. Uh, and then, after that, I got angry. I talked to Blau Powell today. We're going to, if you don't know, <clears throat> In-Flight Snack is now going to have Blau Powell on it. So that's going to be fun. Definitely check out more of my Jets talk on there. I talked to Dr. Chow who is the doctor who's been going around doing the media tour. And I guess I could say this on here. He's probably not listening. I don't understand how a doctor like that goes around, like went on Pat McAfee, came on my show, went on the Zach Gelb show. Yeah, whatever. Shared a guest with Pat McAfee. Cool. Um, And he goes around just delivering people bad news. And he's like, I'm afraid to say, I think it's a full rupture of the Achilles. You're not afraid to say, like he enjoys it. He gets some sort of like, you got to be a special type of bad person to go around on all the networks taking pride in that work and being happy that you're right about it. So um, congrats, Doc. Uh, but no, he was great. He was a great guest. He was really – he seemed like a good dude. It's just – I don't – I never get it with these doctors. Um, I don't know. That's what this podcast is for, by the way. You want to hear the unfiltered me? You want to hear the version that you're not going to hear on the show when I was all like, wow, thank you, doctor, for your time. Yeah, this is what you get. But a doctor, and I talked to some other people about this who host their own shows on national radio or TV or um, local radio and TV, and they're like, yeah, those doctors, you know. But I put them on because that's my job, and I have producers and bosses to answer to, I believe, and they wanted the doctor on, even though we knew what happened. Yeah, he ruptured his Achilles. So. If you want to hear the full instant reaction, I recorded the night on Monday Night Football. Right after Monday Night Football, I recorded that night. You want to hear that full reaction? You want to revel in my pain? Go for it. It's uh, it's available wherever you get your podcast. It's called In Flight Snack. It's a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Congrats if you're a sicko and you want to hear that. Um, I will talk to Blal tomorrow. And that'll be tomorrow's episode. And we'll kind of go through it. He was there. He's been in an NFL locker room. Um, so that's cool, but you know, we talked already, we're talking about different options for backup quarterbacks 
And for this podcast, I was trying to look like for other stories to talk about because I don't want to step on my own podcast. I don't want this to be the podcast that people listen to. I don't think that's fair to my bosses or me and my other podcast, my other platform. And then I was thinking, this is the only story. This is all there is to talk about is freaking Aaron Rodgers. I wish we could talk about something else right now. But when you turn on ESPN, you see the same stupid play over and over and over again. And it goes from what happened? Is it the turf? Why did it happen? Who's to blame? Because everyone needs to blame someone. Like, you can't just cope with it. It happened. There's nothing to blame. There's no one to blame. He's a 39-year-old quarterback who got a 300-pound lineman on him. And he stuck his heel into the ground and it didn't move. And he ruptured his Achilles because he had a strained calf beforehand. I don't know. But everyone needs to blame someone. Everyone needs to be a hero and go blame someone. So there's that angle. Then they go to, well, Zach Wilson, is this his team now? What other quarterback options are out there? Are they going to go for a backup quarterback? Are they going to go for a starting quarterback? There's that angle. And there's only four snaps. Did you know that this same thing happened to Vinny Testaverde with the Jets in 1999 after going to the AFC? Yeah, we know. There's the other angle that's like... Um, talking about how it's just classic Jets luck. Some people are taking a victory lap on it. That Those people are idiots. I hate them. Screw you. Anyone who's like taking pride in this, I hate you. Um, and then there's also, okay, well, this team was really good. This team won a lot of games. You know, this team won a lot of games. And let me start there. This team won a lot of games last year without Aaron Rodgers with this defense, right? Look, they look how they rallied. Look how they came back. No, this team stunk. This team couldn't get a big win because they didn't have a quarterback. We know what Zach Wilson is. We know what this defense is. Yeah, the defense looks great. They won a game. Guess what? They beat the Bills last year. They beat the Bills last year with Zach Wilson and with this defense. And with they didn't even have Brees Hall last year when they beat him. So this team's no better than last year. This whole, oh, the season's going to be fine. We're just going to have different expectations. We don't have Super Bowl expectations, but we can still make the playoffs. What, to sneak into a wild card and get your shit kicked in in the wild card round? That's not happening. This team is not winning anything. Because their whole season relied on one guy. When you ask Robert Sala, when you ask Joe Douglas, when you ask anyone in the media about this team, about why the expectations are high and what you expect for this team, the first word, the first name that came out of their mouth was Aaron. Because it was all reliant on him. And you know what? The win just makes it worse because now it shows you that this team was capable of doing something incredible. This team could have been a Super Bowl caliber team. This team could have been the team to beat in the NFL because look how special the defense is. Look how good the special teams is. Look how incredible Garrett Wilson is and Brees Hall and all these guys. And their run, their run blocking is insane too. I know they were in 13 personnel, which essentially means that there's two extra tight ends on the field. So they were running the ball just literally ground and pound. They didn't even run any real offensive plays after Rodgers got hurt, which is the right decision with Zach Wilson in there. Just line up and try and run the ball. But are you kidding me with the, well, this team could still be really good. They could still make a playoff run. No, they won't. Because Zach Wilson's the quarterback. This isn't a situation. And I, I look, I respect Evan Roberts. He was wearing a Mo Lewis jersey on the fan yesterday because Mo Lewis represents the guy who injured Drew Bledsoe, which led to Tom Brady becoming Tom Brady. Zach Wilson is not Tom Brady. Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson. And we know what he is already because we saw him for two years and we saw him last night or Monday night. He stunk. He was terrible. He's still the same guy. He stinks. And I don't want to be this guy who's hating and angry, but this is just reality. I don't want to get my hopes up again. I got my hopes up for Rodgers and I enjoyed it. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I sat there and watched every Hard Knocks episode. I'm glad I sat there and enjoyed the offseason. We won that offseason. Jets win the offseason. Great. And I'm glad I let myself enjoy it because it's exactly what I said to my father. I said, I'm going to enjoy it because why should I wait now? Why should I be mad now about something that might happen in the future? Let's enjoy this now because in the future, when when it inevitably goes terribly... I'm going to be mad that I didn't enjoy it. And guess what? It went terribly. Congrats. We knew it was going to go terribly. It's what always happens with the Jets. But it lasted four fucking plays. That's it. We got four snaps. We didn't get a completion from him. All we'll ever have is that throw to Garrett Wilson in preseason. And I don't know. I don't think he's ever coming back. I think he's retired. 
Tiki said the same thing. He's 40 years old with the Achilles rupture. It's over. The dream is dead. Look at Kirk Cousins next year or something. I want to back it up a little bit. <laughs> because I started to get nervous before the game. You heard me on Sunday night, right? After watching the Giants get blown out 40 nothing, I was like, uh-oh. This is not going to go well. <laughs> I posted the social clip before Monday Night Football like, mm, yeah, uh, we've got a problem. And I was right. I didn't want to be right. But you know what I said to, I turned to the people I was working with. And I said, well, it's better to be nervous for the game than to have no feelings towards it at all. We're back to having no feelings towards it at all. It was all too good to be true. There were no haters. Everyone picked him. He changed himself. He changed his personality. My favorite quarterback ever is Aaron Rodgers. Well documented on this podcast. I was almost as angry when he lost to the 49ers and the Bucks in the playoffs a couple years ago and three years ago as a, I would be after a Jets loss. It was devastating to me. And I don't know. For like, I don't even know. It just, it was too good. It was too good to be true because the Jets don't have good things. They don't get good things. So him coming in with a chip on his shoulder and wanting to prove the doubters wrong and the fact that he showed up for mini camps and the fact that he was ingratiating himself to the city, to the team, to the fans, all of it, all went out the window in one second, in four plays. And by the way, a lot of people, like I said earlier, love the win. The win makes it worse. I'm sorry. The win just makes it worse. It's a giant stab in the back. Because that shows how special this team actually was. It shows you. Quinn and Williams is insane. Quincy Williams is insane. Bryce Huff. You could mention, I could go through every single person on the defense. Jermaine Johnson. Whitehead. Every single guy on this defense. Sauce. Reed. All of them. Xavier Gibson. By the way, I don't know what's wrong with Nicole Hardman. No catches. No rushing attempts. No targets, by the way. And he wasn't returning, but he was in uniform, so I don't know. Not sure what the deal is with that. If I'm Randall Cobb, I'm retiring today. Like, you showed up to be with Rodgers. Rodgers is gone. I don't even know if Rodgers will stick around for the rehab. He'll probably go rehab in California. I don't know. It was just, it was all too good to be true. And now it's all over. And like I said, the win just makes it worse because it showed you that this team has heart, this team has soul, this team has the right coach, this team has everything is perfect. All they needed was the quarterback, and they had the best one. They had the superstar of all superstars, the guy who cares so much to make everyone else around him better. And they screwed it up. And they lost him for the year, and I don't care. The Winning the game, like I said, is just worse than losing the game at that point. Because when the hit happens... When he goes out, I was working at CBS Sports Network when the hit happened and Rodgers goes out and I'm, I see him slowly sit down. I immediately went numb. No emotions. Just emptiness. And then the Wilson touchdown, I saw it. I was like, oh my, oh my God. I yelled when he made that. He's insane when I saw that touchdown. And I started to feel a little something. And then as I'm watching Xavier Gibson return the touchdown, all the emotion comes pouring back in and he's running towards the end zone. And I'm like, he's, they're actually going to win this game. And I was excited for the win because I was still rooting for the Jets. I'm a huge Jet fan. And it's, you're 1-0. You're 1-0 in the division. But once I allowed myself to have the emotion enter me from, you know, after being numb for three hours, then all the Rodgers emotion came pouring out and I was just devastated all over again. And I hear Joe Beningo on the fan, who's the most negative Jets fan I know. And I just talked to Bilal, and he's also devastated. And he, Bilal said something, and I won't step on it. He's, he'll say it on the podcast tomorrow, but I will step on it now. He said that it's like you're, he was at the game. He's like, it was at your, you're at a concert. And first you find out that right before the concert starts, before the concert even starts, you find out that he canceled the concert. The concert's canceled. It's your favorite musician, favorite artist is on tour. And you're like, okay, fine. He canceled the concert, but you know what? There'll be a makeup date. There'll be another tour. There'll be another chance. 
And then he announces a few minutes later, no, 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 we're canceling the whole tour. I'm never performing again. That's what it felt like. And that was a numbing feeling. It was just a feeling of emptiness. But when Gibson returns a touchdown, all that emotion comes running back. And I just got so, so mad. And I don't want to talk to anyone. So many people have reached out to me. Like, I appreciate people reaching out. I get it. They care. Cute. Whatever. Um, but on social media, whether people are trolling, whether people are reaching out to be nice, I don't know. But I don't want to talk to you. Listen to the podcast. You want to hear my thoughts on it? Just listen to the podcasts. That's why I even texted that to a couple people. I was like, you want to hear? Just listen to the podcast. Just refer to my social media posts. Go look at my Twitter timeline. Just the range of emotions. And I started talking about Joe Beningo. I hear him being positive and praising this team and getting off the mat and all that stuff. And yet every time I'm like, yeah, but this is real. This isn't, there's no Rogers. And I don't care that this team might be good. It, none of it. It's not, it's not going to be good. It just, it's depressing. I, I hate this. I, I don't want to be this depressing podcast, That's, but it is, this is just what it is. And you know what the worst part is? Because there's a chance they weren't going to win anything with Rodgers. There's a chance it wasn't going to work out and he was going to stink. A lot of people would have liked to see that too. A lot of people would have liked to see Rodgers fail here. But we'll never get to know. And that makes it worse. Because had Rodgers played poorly, I could live with that. Had Rodgers played with the Jets and he played poorly, I could live with that. Had Rodgers played great for eight weeks and then got hurt, that I could live with too. That would be extremely frustrating. But we never even got that. We got nothing. We'll never get to know what this could have been. We'll never get to see what Rodgers in a Jets uniform actually looks like. So he ran out with a flag and he threw a preseason touchdown. And he gave a little muscle, whatever, arm flex to the sideline. And gave a hug to Brian Bumgarner. I'm sure all the celebrities left. Can you imagine being a celebrity there? You're literally just there for Rodgers. I would have left. If I was one of the celebrities who showed up, there were so many celebrities. It was, it was too good to be true. It was too arrogant. It was too much. I'm, I sound like my father, but he's, he's right. He was right. I don't know what to tell you. And I'm now certain that Rodgers would have been great because he had the chip on his shoulder. He was doing the, the right thing. All the things that he was doing, prep, putting into this season... He was going to be incredible. He was going to have an amazing year. You know how I know that for sure that he was going to have an amazing year? Because if he wasn't going to have an amazing year, the football gods wouldn't have punished us by getting him hurt on the first play of the game or the fourth play of the game. That's what Jets football is. He got hurt on the fourth play of the game. If he was going to be bad, then we would have just been tortured by him being bad. But the fact that he got hurt four plays in tells me that he was going to be great and that's not allowed to happen in this universe. The Jets aren't allowed to have good things. We're, we don't deserve to enjoy, apparently. We just get tortured over and over and over and get punched in the nuts and come back for more pain. I couldn't even listen. Like I'm working in media, and part of my job is to listen to media and to consume sports media. And I've been recording a lot, so that's good. But I couldn't even listen to... I, I didn't want to listen to stuff from before week one. Because they were talking about the Jets and Rodgers. And what it's like with Rodgers. And I didn't want to obviously listen to stuff from after week one. Because I, don't just, I can't hear it anymore. It's just... It's just awful. I don't know. Um, Robert Sala obviously said it's going to be Zach Wilson moving forward. I'm just like reading through my notes here. Uh, he said that last year, though. Anyone who thinks it's going to be Zach Wilson's team, you didn't watch Robert Sala's press conferences last year. Robert Sala said last year, oh, it's Zach's team, Zach's team, Zach's team, until it wasn't Zach's team, until it was Mike White's team, and then it was Flacco's team, and then it was Trevler's team. But it was anyone but Zach's team, I'll tell you that much. He's not Tom Brady. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Evan. Mo Lewis jersey and all. He's not Tom Brady. And speaking of Sala, his face said it all. He couldn't hide it. He put on a brave face, and I, I have to give him credit for coming out the way he did afterwards in the second half, rallying the team. You saw Robert Sala changed. I mean, it changed all of us, but Robert Sala changed. All of a sudden, he felt like, I have to do more. I have to motivate this team. The Jets made a mediocre play, and he was firing guys up on the sideline, yelling. He felt like he had to take his level to a next, another level because Rodgers was out. 
But that initial look on his face, that camera shot, that ghost look on his face like he saw a ghost, that, that's real. Because before the game, I was posting the 9-11 video that Robert Sala was in, the documentary where he said he changed his career. This is his chance. This was his chance to make something as a head coach in the NFL. Who knows if he gets another opportunity like this to be an NFL head coach. Joe Douglas, who knows if he gets another opportunity to put together a Super Bowl caliber team as an offensive coordinator. This could be it for those guys. And they saw all of it wash away in one second, just like the rest of us. So I feel terrible for those guys. Like those guys also, it's the same thing. Those guys in one second saw their hopes and dreams wash away and Robert Sala couldn't hide it on his face. And by the way, this is selfishly for them. It's selfishly for me too. I just started a Jets podcast with Bilal Howell. I have Jets season tickets that I've been selling or trying to go to. The value of them plummeted immediately. So selfishly, I hate this. Yes, that's part of it. It's probably why it hit me more emotionally than a normal sports injury would. Because I had so much invested in this. Is that selfish? Yeah, it's all selfish. That face on Robert Sala's face of just pure devastation. You know he's devastated. Because he had a chance to be a Super Bowl winning head coach. He had a chance to change. He talked about it on Hard Knocks. The stink around the organization. But you know what they all found out? You know what Rodgers found out? You know what Garrett Wilson found out? You know what Joe Douglas found out? You know what Robert Sala found out? That no matter what you put into this organization, no matter who are the coaches, the players, you do all the things the right way. You could say we're changing the culture. It's not the same old Jets anymore. We're bringing in a brand new culture. We're making it good. We're bringing in the right personalities. We're building it for the last three years. Everything positive, I talked about it. And you know what? None of it matters because it'll always be the same old Jets. Because they're cursed. Because it doesn't matter who or what or how. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. You could do all these great things and none of it will matter in the end. I don't, and that's how I know if, if Zach Wilson becomes the next Tom Brady, guess what? He'll tear his ACL. He'll rupture his Achilles too. Because they can't have nice things. We can't have nice things as Jet fans. I'm now 100% certain of it. This makes me believe in football gods as a Jet fan. Because... It doesn't, none of it matters. It doesn't matter. If, if they got, somehow got Peyton Manning in his prime to resurrect and come onto this team, it wouldn't matter. But speaking of, and I talked about the potential backup quarterback slash quarterback replacements for Zach, for Rodgers. Um, here are the options. I, I have to go through it because I, look, I'm not going to quit on the season. I'm not going to quit on the podcast. That's for sure. Well, I didn't even start, so I'm not going to quit on any of that, but let's go through the options. So I have a list. I have do not touch. I have realistic. I have kind of out there. Electric would be electric. And then the best options. And then I finally have not happening. Um, so let's start with do not touch. We'll go in that order. Do not touch. Do not touch Carson Wentz. I don't want him. He's bad. He's bad juju. Everything that you built up that was positive in the locker room by Rodgers will get immediately taken down if you have Carson Wentz. Same goes for Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick hasn't been in the league in five, six years now, and somehow his name still comes up for these things. Don't touch him. He was a mediocre NFL quarterback when he was in the league. He caused trouble in the locker room, and then he left the league six years ago. If that's a controversial take, I'm sorry. That's crazy because it's just a fact. Those are all facts. Philip Rivers has 12 kids and hasn't played in the league since 2020. And the last time we saw him, he wasn't particularly good. Mitch Trubisky. He's Mitch Trubisky. Now the realistic ones. These are the type of guys that they're probably going to get, unfortunately. Um, real options. Colt McCoy. Josh Dobbs is starting in Arizona over Colt McCoy. That leaves Colt McCoy available. He would be the backup quarterback to Zach Wilson. And he's a capable starter if Zach... Shits the bed, which he might and probably will. Uh, let's see. Cooper Rush. Of course, somehow Jerry Jones already talked about this on multiple national radio stations. Obviously, if they need Cooper, we are going to request a lot because we would like Cooper in case something happens to Dak. There he goes again, talking up Cooper Rush. Well, they just traded for Trey Lance and they have three quarterbacks currently on their roster. Cooper Rush. Is 5-1 as a starter in the time Dak was hurt. He would also come in as a backup, but probably be a pretty capable starter, assuming Zach Wilson got hurt. Davis Mills, another guy, same type of thing, was a starter in this league for a while. 
Same situation. Jacoby Brissett, another one. Back up right now. Could be a starter. Andy Dalton. To me, Andy Dalton is basically Joe Flacco. But Joe Flacco is another option. Nick Foles is another option. Nick Foles would low-key be electric, though. Like, I would be, I'd get a big Nick shirt immediately if they got Nick Foles. So uh, I'd, I'd be pretty cool with Nick Foles. But those are pretty much the realistic options. And that's what the Jets are looking for. They're looking for a guy who's a veteran, who could still lead the roster, who could be a backup, um, and then probably end up having to come in to start once Zach Wilson shits the bed enough times. That's what's going to happen. Now for the out there category, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, I talked about him. I thought he was going to start the Super Bowl for the Niners. What if he started the Super Bowl for the Jets? They have the run game. They have the weapons. They have the defense. They finally have an offensive coordinator, offensive system in play. Uh, clearly, Shanahan likes him. He had a good preseason. I know that doesn't mean anything. Now, when I suggested this to Tiki Barber yesterday in the newsroom at WFAN, he kind of he had something in his hand. He kind of hit me on the back of the head with it. And I was like, kind of laughed me off. And then for, a, then for a second, he thought about it. He's like, it's actually not the worst idea, but it can't happen for obvious reasons. Uh, so that's a little out there. Blake Bortles, another one kind of out there, but he's bored in retirement. He went to the AFC Championship game in the Nathaniel Hackett system. I would love it. This would be a part of my take Jets team. They'd all be rooting for them. If they got Blake Bortles, Blake of the Year, that'd be fantastic. Another option, Bailey Zappi. He was cut by the Patriots. Of course, he was picked up again to be the backup quarterback. They just added another quarterback to be their third-string quarterback. Maybe Bailey Zappi ends up being kind of out there. And then, of course, obligatory. You have to say Andrew Luck because you have to. So that would be way out there. But if they got Andrew Luck, oh, it would take me a split second to be back in on this team. I'd be all excited all in again. Oh, Andrew Luck, he's coming back. (laughs) Electric. This would be electric. And by the way, low-key electric. So Nick Foles and Andrew Luck kind of low-key electric. The electric options are obviously Jameis Winston. I mean, he'd throw 50 interceptions, but he'd air it out. He'd be awesome. He'd be so much fun. Can you imagine the combination of Jameis Winston and Nathaniel Hackett's personalities? I can't. I doubt the Jets want to see that. Taylor Heineke doesn't have a starting job in Washington anymore. And look, his ups are his upside is higher than Zach Wilson's. His downside, though, is pretty much the same as Zach Wilson. We know he can get reckless. We know what he can do. It would be so much fun at times, but it would also be a shit show at times. So that's Taylor Heineke. And Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew uh, is another option that would be low-key kind of fire, low-key kind of electric, but also, um, like I said, shit show. Uh, so look at <laughs> look at uh, that for Gardner Minshew. If he comes in with the mustache. like Also, Gardner Minshew is the type of guy, he can't be a backup. I know he's a backup now, but he's the type of guy who comes in and he's going to command the room and change the room kind of like Rodgers did in a very different way, though. Same goes for Jameis Winston. So those are guys who are probably going to start. Now, the best option, he's out there. And oh, I would love it. I would be all in immediately if this happened. He's available. He looks good. He looks healthy. We know he can run across a football field because we saw him do it on Sunday. Even though it was rainy conditions and wet, that's more than Rodgers can do. Tom Brady. Diane Rossini already reported that the Jets are not reaching out to Tom Brady. To me, that's a terrible mistake. Now, there is something weird. Rodgers is still under contract and still might be in the locker room. We'll get to that in a second. So maybe that's the hesitation with Tom Brady. But are you kidding me? A week after he's inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame, he comes right back and he plays for the Jets. To me, it is a failure on the Jets' part if they don't get, if they don't even reach out to him. That's like malpractice. That's not doing your due diligence. Of course you should reach out to Tom Brady. He's Tom mother-effing Brady. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, and you don't need him to be great. You just need him to make the right moves, make the right decisions. That's a guy I can trust that's going to go in there and not going to screw it up. He's going to stay within his game and do what he can do. Everyone else, I'm scared of, but Brady... You don't need him to be that good. Just quick passes. Get rid of the ball quickly. Hand the ball off to Bilal. Bilal Powell. Bilal, you want to come back? <laughs> Hand the ball off to Brees Hall. Hand it off to Dalvin Cook. I don't know. I would take Brady right now. He's better than a lot of these other options. Um, another option that I heard about yesterday... And I actually like this option a lot. And it's not Tom Brady. 
man, I would love Brady. I'd be so all in. Like, I would immediately. You know what? I never bought a Rogers jersey, and I'm happy I didn't because I knew. So- I just deep down, I knew something would go bad. But I'd buy a Brady jersey immediately. The guy who tormented me all this time. Oh. If it starts poorly, and so far it has for the Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson had a little bit of an issue with Kirk Cousins last year. They have Addison, obviously, who's another young receiver. There's a great quarterback draft coming up. Could they be looking to move off of Kirk Cousins, who's in the last year of his deal? If they're 0-4, would they trade Kirk Cousins? It's a little bit of a gamble, a little bit of a risk by the Jets. They'd have to wait a little longer. But it also gives the opportunity to see what Zach wills. Here's your shot, Zach. Let's see what you got. Because Stafford's not coming here. Uh, not Stafford. Kirk Cousins is not coming here to be a backup quarterback. Kirk Cousins is coming here to be the starter. And I love him now after the Netflix documentary. Everyone's all in on him. And again, he's another guy. You don't need him to do, do too much. You don't need him to take risks, take chances, take chances. We know he's a tough son of a bitch. Come out here and just control the offense, control the huddle. Kirk Cousins so far to me is the best option. The other option, I just said his name, is Matthew Stafford. Um, Stafford looked healthy, looked really good on Sunday. We don't think that team's going to be very good, although they won. If that team fades, get Donald too. They talked about an Aaron Donald trade. They talked about rumors of... The Jets trying to get Matthew Stafford before they ended up getting Aaron Rodgers. Why not get get Sam, Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford in one trade? Take that first round pick and send it to Minnesota. Send it to LA and get Stafford or Kirk Cousins. That's the best option. Now, the last one I said is not happening, but I threw it out there. I would take him for sure. Dak Prescott. He gets so much hate because he's in Dallas. You talk about Trey Lance, you talk about Cooper Rush so much, freaking Jerry Jones. So trade Dak Prescott. I would take him. Now, the thing about that, Dak, Stafford, Brady, these guys are all starters immediately. This is not going for a backup, and I think it's the right move. I don't think trusting Zach Wilson, you can't you can't waste time in the NFL. You only have 17 of these games. You're 1-0. You're 1-0 in the division. You still have a chance. Go get a real quarterback. Go get a starter. And you know what? I talked about Rodgers sticking around. If Rodgers is sticking around the locker room, I don't know if he is. I Again, I think he's going to go to California to rehab. That's just the personality. If Rodgers sticks around wants to be a part of this team, first of all, I'd respect him even more. And could it be weird in the locker room if someone else comes in and it's Tom Brady? That would be weird, right? If Tom Brady was in this locker room with Aaron Rodgers. We'd have a quarterback super team. Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins... Or a guy like Dak Prescott, who's going to be under contract beyond this season. Would it be weird? It's, I'm sorry. Rodgers, you're done. You're out. You can't be considered anymore. We gave away everything for you. We put all our hopes on you. And now we can't even consider you anymore. And by the way, it was not a mistake. It was not a mistake to trade for Rodgers. Of course they should have traded for Rodgers. Knowing how it played out. Knowing what I know today, I make the Rodgers trade over and over and over again and a thousand times over again because the hype, the last three months of being a Jet fan were the greatest three months as a Jet fan of my life. And that's sad. I don't care. What he did for this team, what he did on Hard Knocks, what he did for the way this team was looked at and viewed for his own, I guess, uh, reputation, how he was viewed, it changed everything. And you can't go back from it. So the season might suck. But I would I I don't regret it. I would never I would do this a thousand times over and over and over again. I would I just would. I'm sorry. I it's he changed everything and hopefully it doesn't all go to hell. If I'm Randall Cobb though, I'm retiring today. Like it's just there were so many things. Like I want to talk about other things, by the way. I'm thirty minutes into this episode. I'm not going to. Like there's nothing else to talk about. This is the only topic. And I was looking around. I'm looking for everything. I'm just seeing more and more Rogers stuff. And I feel so, like the quote Garrett Wilson said where he just, they went into the locker room at halftime and he was there. And I want to ask Bilal about that tomorrow. And you'll hear that on in-flight snack. What's that like in the locker room when you go over to him? They come out down 13-3 and then they rally. Could Rogers have played a role in that? 
We'll talk about it with Bilal tomorrow. But Garrett Wilson said he just looks at him and goes, sorry, kid. Like, it sucks for Garrett, too. You think it doesn't suck for Lazard, for Cobb? Those guys look fired up after the win. There's still that culture that Rodgers brought there. But that's going to wear off. If they get blown out 40 nothing. Zach Wilson's all over the place in Dallas. That, that feeling is going to wear off real quick. By the way, the uniforms were so hot, too. That should be the full-time uniform. Be like the Cowboys. You know the Cowboys wear their light uniforms every week. It's like, I don't care if you want to wear dark. You have to wear dark. We wear light. This is what we wear. Jets should do the same thing. This is our uniform. Actually, they could have like a cool green, like the same type of green for their uh, as a dark uniform once in a while. But mostly, they should be wearing that uniform every single week. All right. By the way, last thing on this topic. If you're a troll and you're trolling the Jets now, just you're a terrible person. Just know that in your heart. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with, uh, with more on this, with more on other topics in the NFL. There's a few of them, not a lot of them. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be back in a second with some other topics from the NFL. And of course, you have to pick Thursday night football. There's a game on Thursday. Football will move on. Football will continue, unfortunately. It's also the worst part of it. Because there's no games. This happened on a Monday. And there's no games until Thursday. So it was the worst time for it to happen because this is the whole news cycle, the whole topic for three days. Something will happen tonight because something always happens in the NFL. And then that'll be it. We, it won't even be a topic by the time we get to Thursday. Although I'll talk about it with Bilal. So um, we'll be moving forward. We'll be moving to next week's games and. Yeah, it is what it is. So, quick break. Back in a second. Coming back, I want to do something interesting, actually. Um, I think it's interesting, at least. So, there are always things that happen in week one that are overreactions. It's big week one thing in the NFL is we overreact to things. But some of those overreactions actually end up sticking. Where they're not overreactions, they become, oh, wow, we could have seen this already from week one. So, I want to predict... Four things that were overreactions that I think are going to stick and four things that I think our minds will change on them that it was just an overreaction to week one. But before we do that, there's one thing or a few things I wanted to hit on. Number one, I don't know why more coaches don't do this. Mike McDaniel is an excellent, excellent coach. Excellent coach. Everyone knows I love him. But at the end of the first half, and I failed to bring this up on Sunday, so just a little cleanup. And if you've been listening to this podcast for last year also, you know that that's what we do a lot of times on Wednesday's episode, it is just kind of a cleanup from the stuff I missed uh, on Sunday night. So at the end of the first half, there's nine seconds left. Most teams are just taking the and go to the half. Mike McDaniel decided, let's get a chunk, get to about midfield, and then try and throw a Hail Mary. Now, if you know Tua Tungavailoa, if you've ever watched him play, he cannot throw a Hail Mary from midfield. So he threw up a Hail Mary that kind of landed at about the 10-yard line from midfield and went about 40 yards in the air, something like that. And it landed incomplete. Thing is... A guy got shoved in the back, a receiver that was downfield, I think it was Waddle, gets shoved in the back by the defensive back, and they get a free play. Now, the clock had already expired, but you get one free play, so they kick the field goal. They ultimately win by two points. So that was the difference in the game. First of all, people argued the penalty shouldn't have been called, but you couldn't not call the penalty because it was an obvious penalty. The defensive back comes out of nowhere and just shoves the guy for no reason. Maybe the ball was uncatchable. It doesn't matter. And even if he would have caught it there... The half would have been over. So the only thing you could have gotten out of it was a penalty. That was the best thing you could have gotten. But Mike McDaniel knows 20% of the time in the NFL anyway, when you throw a deep ball, it's going to be a penalty. And I loved it. He knew that they weren't scoring if anything but a penalty happens there. And yet he still goes for it. It's just such an awesome attitude, the way he coaches. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased, but I love Mike McDaniel. And that was a game-winning move. Now, I thought I was such a... I was first on this, that Tyreek Hill is the most unstoppable receiver. I take him over anyone. Well, then I listened to Bill Simmons. I listened to literally every other sports talk, and all they're talking about is Tyreek Hill's the best receiver in the AFC and the NFL. So uh, I guess I wasn't super, I don't know, original on that one. Now, another thing a lot of people talked about, and I talked about on this podcast, and everyone talked about, was how loaded the AFC is. And we'll get to this when we talk about the overreactions versus proper reactions. Uh, that's that's what it was called on. Uh, that's what Zach Gelb calls it on his show that I was working on. Overreaction, proper reaction. So uh, I won't call it that here, but just kind of the overreactions that will stick and won't stick. I just thought of this idea. Um, but maybe that's why I thought of it, because he did it. Now, see? Smart. I thought of it on my drive home yesterday. Any hoops. So... You look at the AFC teams, everyone talked about what powerhouses they are. Were we wrong about the AFC? 
Like, the NFC's not great, but the Lions, who were super hyped up, won. The Niners looked like the best team in football. The Eagles won. The Rams looked like they could actually be good. And then you look at the AFC, all these powerhouses. Well, the Jets, they win, but they lose Rodgers for the year, so they're out. The Bills, that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Josh Allen, shame on you. I, I did a whole rant on that on my other podcast on In-Flight Snack. I mean, come on, Josh Allen. That was pathetic how they didn't win that game. I know they lost the Jets last year and still were a 13-3 team or 13-4 team. So, I don't know. The Chiefs, uh, I don't know. Those receivers, that core, I still trust the Chiefs, but not great. The Bengals also get crushed, look awful. And I know that's been a house of horrors in Cleveland for Joe Burrow, but they lose. That didn't look great. Pittsburgh, everyone was so high on Pittsburgh this year. Nope. That was maybe worse than the Bengals. The Denver Broncos, Sean Payton, oh my God, look at me. I'm going to onside kick because that's what I'm famous for. Loser. The Chargers, that defense can't stop a nosebleed. And they'll, you know that their coach, Staley, is going to find a way to blow games. The one thing about him being the first coach fired is that they may never fire him because they're so cheap. They want to just pay out the rest of his contract. That's what they say about the owners there. Although I still have money on him to be the first coach fired. Tennessee, I don't know, but they put up 15 whole points against the Saints. Ugh, I don't know. And the Dolphins right now are the best team in the AFC East. They put up 34, 36 points. Their defense can't stop anyone either. So I don't even know what to tell you. This is the Dolphins division to lose. That's, that's the first thing. This, all the pressure's on the Dolphins. But those are teams we all thought would be powerhouses in the AFC. And right now, none of them look like powerhouses. Maybe there's a bet. You could bet, I think, which conference wins the Super Bowl. Bet the NFC. Now, here are my four overreactions that I overreacted to on Sunday. And I think they're actually good overreactions. I think they're not overreactions. This is actually factual statements about the NFL. Number one, I overreacted. I thought the Cowboys were so great on Sunday. Before the season, I didn't think they were that great. I changed my mind on the Cowboys. All it took was one week. That defense is going to keep them in every game. They're fantastic. As long as Dak doesn't have to do too much, he's a really, really good quarterback. If he starts having to force the ball downfield and throwing interceptions, sure, he's not as great. But that defense just looks so fast, looks so incredibly good. They have enough weapons on offense. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. He may not not be top five, but he's probably in the top 10 range. He's a really good quarterback. I like the Cowboys. I think they're really good. Number two, same game. I think the Giants might miss the playoffs. That team looked slow. They looked sloppy. They looked poorly coached. Daniel Jones looked bad. What was so great about the Giants last year was they were able to play from ahead. All season long, they were able to play from ahead. and Or in close games. And so they were able to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and that's how they dominated. And eventually, at the end of the games, they were so tough that they outran you, and it was ground and pound. If they ever get down the way they did they got down 14 points the game was over they can't play from behind and you have to play from behind sometimes in the NFL and it doesn't look like they're a team that's capable of doing it and so I'm out on the Giants I think they will miss the playoffs maybe win seven games number three the Vikings stink I thought the Vikings were going to win the division I thought the Vikings were going to be good the second half of that football game was just awful the first half yeah the three turnovers but they at least looked decent outside of the three turnovers after that that was some of the worst football I've seen you lost to Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles. Yeah, that team's not very good. And now I'm rooting for them to be even worse. So they trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets. Number four, and this I called before the season. I was right about, and I think Sunday confirms it for me. Geno Smith is going to revert back to Geno Smith. I don't want him, by the way. Don't trade for him, Jets. Because they also drafted a rookie quarterback. No, don't want Geno. And the Seahawks will stink. That's confirmed. Now here's what won't stick. Things that happened on Sunday or Thursday that I think will not be a trend moving forward. Number one, the Bengals will be fine. They're slow starters. They started 0-2 last year. They lose to the Browns a lot. They're going to be fine. They're going to be one of the best teams in the AFC. Same goes for Joe Burrow. He's going to be fine. Number two, the Chiefs will be fine. They have the best quarterback in the NFL. I'd much rather be the 0-1 Chiefs right now than the 1-0 Jets. I'll tell you that much. Like, you look at the overhyped teams, like the Jets and the Lions were the two overhyped teams coming into the year. The Lions win, but you don't really feel so good about their win, right? It wasn't a great win. It felt like the Chiefs kind of blew it multiple times. Whereas the Jets' win feels like an incredible win. 
They're down 13-3. All the hope sucked out of them. And they come back. They're mentally tough. They rally the troops. And they have an incredible comeback win in overtime. Walk-off, game-winning punt. And yet their season feels over. Like, there's still hope for the Lions season. And now with the, like I told you, the Kirk Cousins and Minnesota being bad, I kind of like the Lions' chances even better to make the playoffs. I still think the Packers might win that division. But I'm not ready to make a statement on the Packers. That's why they're not on this list. And neither are the Lions. Neither of those teams are on the list. But I already have the Vikings on the list. You might ask me, well, if the Vikings stink so much, why do you want Kirk Cousins? I think Kirk Cousins is exactly what the Jets need. They just need someone to be a game manager. So we'll see what happens. But back to the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to be fine. I'd rather be the 0-1 Chiefs, who have tons of question marks at wide receiver, who are getting Chris Jones back, who are probably going to get Travis Kelsey back, than the 1-0 Jets right now. I don't think that's a crazy statement to make. Number three, the Raiders stink. I know they won. They beat the worst coach in football, Sean Payton. (laughs) And number four, the Bucs stink too. They beat the Vikings. So I don't care. We know this about Baker Mayfield. He has one prove-it game every year. He's still going to be bad, and Todd Bowles still stinks as a head coach. We'll talk about Todd Bowles with Bilal Powell tomorrow. And he told me something really interesting about Todd Bowles. I'll save it for tomorrow. Maybe we'll bring it up. Maybe we'll come up on a podcast later in the year. I don't know if he'll say it on the air, but he said it to me on a phone call. So there's a little teaser for tomorrow. Now it's a Thursday night football. More football. We talked enough about Kirk Cousins on this podcast yet? I don't think so. We got primetime Kirk. Thursday night football. Kirk Cousins under the light. We know the story. Primetime Kirk. He always loses. And he's going into Philly or playing against Philly again. I actually don't know where that game is. Let me look it up real quick. Because I should have prepared better and known where the game is. Yeah, it's in Philly again. Same as last year. I was right. And last year, if you recall... Kirk Cousins was awful. He threw three picks, but Philly wasn't even that good. It took Kirk Cousins being so bad that every time they got in the red zone, he threw another interception. He literally lost them the game. Meanwhile, Philly on Sunday goes up 16-0 and then struggled against the Patriots. So what's going to happen in this game? Plus, not a ton of points are scored. So I thought my pick for this game right now, the line is Philly minus seven at home and the over-under is 48 and a half. I was just going to take the over because I think Minnesota can't play defense. And I think the Vic- and I think Philly kind of struggled. They gave up 20 points to, uh, to the Patriots. I think Minnesota is a much higher flying offense than the Patriots offense. So my first thought was that the over is going to hit easy. But I'm like, yeah, there's not a lot of points generally scored on Thursday night football. So you don't remember a lot of 35 to 30 games on Thursday night football. Now you'd only need like 25 to or 26 to 24 for the over 48 and a half to hit. You just need 49 points. 26-23 works too. But uh, I don't know. Don't feel great about that. There's a lot of 17 to 15 scores on Thursday Night Football. Don't feel great about the over. Again, the game last year, Philly wasn't dominant. They were fine. Minnesota lost it for them. But now I'm invested in Minnesota losing. But I'm also invested in there being points. So like I said, Philly minus seven, the over under 48 and a half. I don't like the minus seven because of how Philly looked the whole second half against the Patriots. They were basically begging the Patriots to win that game. I think there's another spot where people are begging you to take Kirk Cousins plus seven and watch him wilt under the pressure of primetime football like he always does. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to adjust it. And if you parlay Philly minus four and a half, so you lower that from seven to four and a half or three, I actually like three and a half better. I think I did three and a half. So Philly minus three and a half. So they'll win by more than a field goal, but less than a touchdown. And over 44 and a half points in the game. Not 48 and a half, but you lower that a little bit also. So there's going to be 25 points in the game. So, which is exactly how many points were scored. 25 to 20 was the final score for the Philly game against New England. If you parlay those two together, you get plus one and 22 odds. That's my pick. So I like over 44 and a half. If you adjust it, you could take that solo, but you won't get great odds for that. You could take minus four and a half for Philly. You can adjust it and take that solo, but it won't be great odds. If you parlay them together, you get plus one to 22. By the way, you don't always need to be on the plus when you're betting football. Sometimes it's good to just take money, take easy wins. That's my pick for Thursday. That'll do it for the episode. Hopefully, Friday's episode is more fun. We'll obviously preview all the games on Friday like we always do on Fridays. Uh, and hopefully we won't be talking about Aaron Rodgers anymore. Maybe we'll talk, be talking about a replacement quarterback for the Jets, whoever they bring in. So until next time, like, subscribe, follow the podcast. I appreciate you all for listening. Till next time, peace out. You were the best nights of my life. You got the-
got the light that always shines I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your eyes Like I'm standing in the sky Your subway cars and your old graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Burning, we pray for rain in July. I want the Yankees 99, yeah. and the Knicks on a sold out night. When the curtains close and the Broadway streets are alive, hey. I need your heartbeat close. Don't you ever leave me? And I breathe your air when I land in another city. And I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones. My time's been just a kid with that empire state of mindset. Kick flipping off a blind deck, dipping from the New York City's finest. Yeah, said I've been up on my New York shit, walking down the block with my New York bitch. I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it. Even if I do, though, I can never hide it. Top down on the west side when I'm driving, east side be the only side that I'm riding. I'm still here. 